Welcome to the Kinda Crunchy Podcast, where we talk about all things health and wellness. We can't wait for you to hear today's episode, so let's get to it. Hi guys, welcome to Kinda Crunchy. My name is Jensen, and normally this is where you'd hear, and my name is Rachel, Um, but it is just I today. Rachel is under the weather. Um, It's so funny. One of the episodes that we were having a guest on that she was hosting, I got sick for, so she just took that episode, and now we're having a guest on this episode, and I'm just taking this one, so I told her I'm just returning the favor, Um, but hopefully Rachel is feeling better soon. I always love having my partner in crime, and this feels so weird, just me, Um, but we're going to have a guest soon on this episode. I'm actually just kind of doing my little life update before because I'm sure you want to hear all the exciting things in my life. Um, I have one exciting thing. Um, I'll first share that your girl, Jensen, is a fantasy football champion. I know, I know. Wild. Um, Logan got me to join two leagues this year, which I don't know really how that ended up happening. Um, I know football. I watch football. But do I care enough to do a mock draft before to make sure oh let's see who I'd get if I have the third pick or the first pick I don't know um I usually just pick the person who's like ranked the highest or like I pick Kirk Cousins because I just love him and he has a cute family so anywho the one league I was in did not do the best in but the other league which was like the league with like all of Logan's guy friends and like my dad and Logan's brother um I took home the championship. I won by one point. I did beat Logan's brother. Um, Yeah, I was really feeling myself because everyone else knows a lot more than me and somehow I won. So that was, that happened on New Year's weekend. So I was pretty, I was pretty happy. So that's fantasy football. I think I shared at the beginning that I was joining fantasy football leagues, but now you know that I'm a champion, which... Yeah, you know, just feeling a little confident in myself there. Probably will come in last place next year, but we're going to ride, ride this out as long as I can. So that's one life update. Also, little update on just New Year's goals and intentions. I've been pretty good with my 10 minute a day walks. I'm actually going to go on another one after this. There was one day I missed, but I made a lot of trips up and down from the chicken coop. So I was like, oh, we're just going to count this. Um... I think this is a good reminder that just because you don't do it every single day does not mean like your resolution failed. I think it's like the intentionality behind it. Um, So just if you know, this wouldn't this episode air like the ninth, I think is what today is. Um, If you're already messing up on the goals you had, like you can start right back over again or you can pick up. You don't need to be perfect every day because Lord knows I'm not. Um... Any other updates that I have for you guys? We have a really great guest that I'm going to be introing soon. Um, So I know a lot of you have asked about this topic we're going to be discussing. Um, It's going to be great. I'm super excited. So um, I guess this is the part where Rachel will probably edit the guest part in. So here we go. So I'm joined with our guest, um, Jen Bodner is here with me. Um, I know Jen, so I know Jen through my husband, Logan. Um, Logan was actually, is actually really good friends with Jen's brother, Josh, but then I've got to know Jen through the years. Um, Jen actually took our engagement photos and our wedding photos, and we've just developed a sweet friendship through the years. Um, so I'm super glad that she is here. So I'm going to just let her tell you guys a little bit about herself, um, and just share some stuff so Mike is yours thank you so much and I really appreciate you asking me to join you on the podcast um like you said you we've gotten to know each other from your wedding and from my brother and um your husband Logan and yeah I feel like we just both have similar values when it comes to our health Mm -hmm. and that's something that I've always really appreciated in our friendship so I'm really excited to be here and be talking about it today Um, But yeah, for anybody who doesn't know me, my name is Jen, and I am a mom of two. Um, I am also married to um, my husband, Ben, for almost eight years, which is crazy. I will be married eight years in May, and I've known him since I was 
11. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, we have known each other since we were in fifth grade. <gasps> That's wild. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, and all of our friends joked um, when we were little, we liked each other. You know, Aww. like little kids liked. And in sixth grade, everybody was like, you guys are going to get married someday. Um, so now it's just funny when we look at our kids and we talk about being married and having kids. It's like, wow, that really happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Um, I am a photographer by trade. My husband taught me everything, um, but my background is actually more in psychology um, and marketing. So I went to school for uh, my undergrad is in psych with a minor in interpersonal communication. I wanted to be a counselor, um, but that hasn't happened yet. Maybe it will. I don't know. Um, and then after college, I went into marketing. And that's what I did up until I had our son Grayson back in 2021. And then I was doing wedding photography and marketing. And um, it was just a lot with kids, mm -hmm. having a kid and working a full-time job and working on the weekends. So I decided to leave my marketing job. I had always kind of wanted to be somewhat of a stay-at-home mom or more of like an entrepreneur and be able to have a flexible schedule. So yeah, I left my job and I've been doing wedding photography and videography ever since. Um, and I am the only girl of four boys. Um, I'm from a big family. And yeah, that's just a little bit about me. That's awesome. It's funny, I asked you before this, I was like, you haven't been on podcast before, but you have a YouTube channel. Yes. Which I feel like you you are very much an entrepreneur. You've had like your clothing business, your photography business. Um, I just like really look up to like how much drive you have with your career and with like your fitness and your health and just being like a mom too. So um, it's cool to watch your journey. But I guess speaking of like a journey, tell me a little bit about, um, we're not on video today, but Bentley is with us. So if you hear his <laughs> toy, he wants to join. Hi. Hi, buddy. You should get down now. Um, tell us a little about your health journey because I know personally, oh, Bentley really is okay. I'm gonna, he probably smells my dog. He probably does. He just wants to be part of this. Anyways, health journey. So tell me a little about your health journey. I mean, I know mine has evolved since, like, if I look back to middle school and high school, I don't even know who that person was. So I guess tell our listeners just how your health journey has looked from, like, when you started really focusing on, like, health and fitness to just, like, how it's changed. Yeah, so I think really – baseline, the, the whole foundation of my health journey um, started actually when I was 15. Um, I always struggled with irregular periods. And back then, um, my mom also had similar issues when she was growing up. And so the way that she dealt with it was she went and she was put on birth control basically as a way of like managing her hormones. So they did the same for me. Um, there's a lot of stuff that if I would have known what I know now, I would have never let that happen to a 15-year-old girl. Um, I would have never made that decision for myself at that time and started taking the pill as a way to, like, essentially cover up my symptoms. Mm -hmm. So I was, yeah, having really irregular periods, really bad PMS, um, and it was just, like, really not something you want to be dealing with at the age of 15. So I was on the pill until... Honestly, until a year into my marriage. So I was on the pill for like almost nine years. Wow. It was a really long time. There was a brief time when I went off of it because I was in college and I was switching insurance. But um, so I think that's a big foundation for mm -hmm. where I am in, in my health journey now. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. But then um, I was a high school athlete. I was a cheerleader. I ran track. Um, yeah. And I... I didn't really have a good sense of like a relationship with food. Um, like I pretty much just ate whatever I wanted because I was an athlete and I, my, I have four brothers and I'm one of five. So my parents really just like fed us whatever they could mm -hmm. to like keep up with like us being super active. Um, we were also on the go a lot. So we ate a lot of fast food growing up. Uh, we were spent almost every weekend at a soccer tournament or some kind of tournament. So my relationship with food wasn't great. Um, I never really cooked with my parents or anything. So fast forward to college. Uh, I went to college and I feel like a lot of people do. I gained like 
10 to 15 pounds um, just because of poor nutrition, like not the best environment. I wasn't, um, I wasn't working out because I wasn't doing sports anymore. And yeah, so then I, that's when I started getting interested in lifting and working out um, and eating a more well-rounded diet, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think I got a little extreme and probably borderline not healthy in like my view on like what I was eating. I definitely was not eating enough. I was undernourished mm-hmm. for sure. There was a point in college I actually had to go to the doctors because I was having fainting spells. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out I wasn't have didn't have enough sodium in my diet because uh-huh. I was eating like leafy vegetables and like chicken that was like cooked with like absolutely no seasoning Mm -hmm. like it was bad it was like my chicken rice and broccoli days Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of people go through that phase yep so um that was kind of my first like step into trying to be healthy and take hold of like my weight and just I think a lot of it was more focused on aesthetics and Mm -hmm. like you know very surface level Mm -hmm. stuff Um, And then fast forward to um, when I got married, I started um, just having worse and worse symptoms around my period. I would just get really depressed and anxious like the week of my period. Um, I had really, even though I was on the pill, I just had really bad PMS symptoms still. Um, And then I think I stumbled upon someone on Instagram that was really like anti-pill, um, lived a very holistic lifestyle, and it really inspired me to kind of start researching and diving into that more. At the time, Ben and I did not want to have kids yet, so I was really worried about um, how I was going to manage like, you know, contraception and that kind of stuff um, because I wasn't really educated about like tracking my cycle, um, taking my temps, like mm-hmm. what all of that meant. Um, so. Yeah, I took about a year into our marriage, and then I decided to go off the pill. And um, there was a lot of really rough things that happened. I got really bad cystic acne. Like, my hormones were just so out of whack. Um, I'm still dealing with, like, a lot of uh, side effects from being on the pill. Like, I have really, really high iron. I just had my blood taken, and, like, my iron levels are off the charts um, just because I was on the pill for nine years. So, um yeah, that sparked a lot. I feel like this is a really long tangent, but no, this is all good. This is yeah, all good. <laughs> this is a lot of like it's a lot of background mm-hmm. into like what got me to where I'm at now. So, um, yeah, I dealt with a lot of that kind of stuff. So then I was off the pill for two or three years, I think, before we decided to start talking about having kids. And then COVID happened, mm. and then I was like, I think I'm gonna go vegan because. I don't know why, but there was something that happened that I was like, you know, I feel like I want to be healthier than what I am right now. I'm going to go vegan. And I was vegan for four or five months. Um, and at the time, it it was great for me. I feel like I wasn't vegan long enough to like have the negative side effects of mm-hmm. being vegan. Because when I was four or five months vegan is when I got pregnant with Grayson. Mm. And I could not eat a vegetable for like... Mm-hmm four months so like I was living off of toddler food like Mm -hmm. I was eating Cheerios and chicken nuggets and yeah I would not have survived if I was eating vegan Mm -hmm. um yeah and then after Grayson so I just went back to like my kind of normal eating habits trying to focus on whole foods um after Grayson I had a lot of um struggles just like with being a mom in my transition I had some struggles with breastfeeding with Grayson and just like a lot of things that I wasn't prepared for postpartum and then I I had um, pretty bad postpartum depression and anxiety so I decided to see a functional medicine doctor um, because when I went to my postpartum checkup they were like oh yeah you're definitely like anxious and depressed you should start taking Zoloft and I was like what no like I'm like you're not even hearing me yeah that's not the answer that I want to like that's not the answer for me not that there's anything wrong with taking medication but it just didn't sit right it didn't mm-hmm. resonate with me so um I decided to seek professional help elsewhere I just knew that within myself and my body I knew that something wasn't right and it wasn't 
like a prescription pill was going to solve it. Mm-hmm. So I went to see a functional medicine doctor at Turnfall. Um, is that okay that I said? Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We can actually link them because I feel like I I've heard such good things about them. So yeah, a lot of people ask me where I went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where I went, and I had blood work done and. Um, after that, they recommended that I go on a paleo diet. Um, at the time, I wasn't really following any like specific diet. I was kind of just eating whatever, mm-hmm. pretty much the American standard diet. Yeah. Um, and then um, I had also been struggling to lose weight. I mean, I've always struggled with estrogen dominance, but mm-hmm. that entire um, like doctor's interaction with them proved to me that that was true and that's Mm -hmm. like what all my issues stem back to when I was 15 and dealing with irregular periods Mm is all estrogen dominance issues so um, I went on a paleo diet and at the time I think it was really what I needed looking back now um, I definitely like I wouldn't eat paleo now Mm -hmm. like I would eat you know I think it's one of the better diets Mm -hmm. quote-unquote but um, I still think there's things lacking in it that I eat now that I didn't eat like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so then I started eating paleo. I started weight training again. I got linked up with power train and I really just started focusing on, um, my like metabolic health. I started going to therapy, which was a really big um, step for my mental health that I felt like was really tied into, um, my physical health. And then that's kind of what landed me where I am now, which is on the beginning of this quote-unquote pro-metabolic journey. Um, I would just say it's more like eating in tune with what my body actually needs and mm-hmm. what I need to support my, my hormones. Oh, so much good stuff. Um, when you started out talking about the birth control band-aid in high school, I was given the same thing. And so, so, so many girls that like don't know any way they're just listening to what their doctor says and it does fix the problem and the, the thing is like it does fix it it doesn't actually fix it but it looks like it fixes it and then you realize the side effects down the road um it's so cool to hear about your journey just how it's evolved because I think a lot of women like they start out for like the aesthetic purpose of like weight loss or for health and fitness like you're just working out eating to look good and that's you know it's eating just However, you can look the best. And then you kind of realize like, okay, wait, there's so much more to this. Like what is actually serving my health, my body? Like what is going to help make me a mom someday? Like I need to be nourished to do that. Um, so that's all good stuff. And I, I've loved you. You haven't shared too much about it, but you've been posting like a little bit about like pro-metabolic, um, which I don't know if all of our listeners would really know what that is. And I've kind of done some research onto it. And I think like, I would definitely say there's a lot of things in my lifestyle and diet that would line up with that. Um, but I guess my question for you would be, can you just talk a little bit more about that? What that looks like for you? Like what things have you like added into your diet that maybe you weren't before? Um, and how are you feeling? Yeah. Um, so just a little bit of like explanation into what pro-metabolic means. It's just eating in a way that supports your metabolism and it, and your metabolism is a lot of different um, chemical processes that happen in your body from um, like creating energy for your cells, your immune system, like how you repair um, tissue when it's damaged. Um, like there's just like so many things that make up what metabolism is. And I think when a lot of us think about metabolism, we think about like, oh, this person can eat whatever they want and they stay skinny, Mm -hmm. or this person can't. But, like, metabolism, what I've learned is so much more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, It affects, like, almost every function in our body, and really what it is is, like, how our bodies create energy and what resources it needs to be able to do the jobs that it needs to get done. Um, So, for me, what I've really been, like, learning is eating more of, what they call an ancestral diet. So incorporating more animal products, which is so funny coming (laughs) from like, it makes me cringe like that I thought eating vegan was the best thing. Mm -hmm. But I think that's also the beauty of like being on a health journey is like you can change Mm -hmm. along the way and it's okay to change your perspective Mm -hmm. as you learn things. 
Um, but yeah, for me, it's just looked like incorporating raw milk, raw dairy, which is so funny because I've been lactose intolerant literally my entire life. Wow. Even since I was an infant, when my mom breastfed me, she said that I really struggled. Um, and it's funny because I can eat raw milk, raw cheese, and I have no issues. Wow. So clearly the issue is not with the milk. Yeah, it's the way the it's processed. Yeah, the pasteurization process. Yeah. So, um... I've been incorporating um, beef liver and eating more like root vegetables. Um, yeah, and like just trying to um, provide my body with not just the vitamins, but also the minerals that I need. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was something I was definitely lacking before. And being on the pill depletes your body yeah. of so many essential vitamins and minerals. And when you're on it for nine years like me, like it's going to take many, many years to build up your body's ability to like restore all of those minerals that mm-hmm. you need for everyday function. So, um, I also drink a lot of adrenal cocktails right now, which is just to get in that mixture of minerals, potassium, sodium, um, vitamin C. So I, um, I'll make a adrenal cocktail with coconut water, usually fresh lemon or orange, and then some fresh cracked sea salt. Um, which has really helped me. I had like chronically chapped lips. Um, With breastfeeding, I have to drink like so much water and I was not getting enough minerals and it was resulting in me having these like really, really chapped lips, which was such a weird side effect. But I, yeah, I was just like chronically dehydrated um, because the water I drink is not, doesn't have enough minerals in it. So like I've literally learned so many things Mm -hmm. that I didn't know. What's well, so funny because they tell you like drink water, drink water, drink water, but like you're actually hurting yourself if you're not like actually putting some like sort of minerals in it because you're just like depleting your body of what's already in there. And it's just so funny that like we were never, no one ever told us these things growing up. Yeah. So, um, question for you How do you eat beef liver? Um, I currently take it in capsules. Okay. I try to cook it. I. It tasted, like, it wasn't the taste, it was the texture. Yeah. I felt like I was chewing on, like, a bloody sponge or something. Yeah, that's a good that's a good um, way to describe it. I am on the fence about doing, like, the beef liver shots where um, you freeze the liver for two yeah. weeks and then do, like, one or two ounce, like, yeah. just you chuck it back raw. Yeah, that's and, what Rachel does. Yeah. yeah. Um, just because I like the capsules, but I also, um, you don't know how, like, much value you are losing by taking a capsule mm-hmm. versus actual liver yeah um i think the company that i use is really like really accredited and a good company a lot of people recommend them but at the same time obviously the realest thing is the best thing yeah but you're still getting in so much you're yeah. getting in a lot more nutrients than a lot of people are getting yeah. it's funny i like i always tell people i'm like because i I can eat it for some reason. I don't know how I can, but I can. And I always tell people it's like the cheapest multivitamin because so many people, like, you know, we're in Lancaster County. Everyone yeah. gets steers butchered and they always, pe- people give me the liver. Like I, my freezer is full of liver, That's which amazing. is so funny. So, um, I, Logan keeps telling me he's going to start eating it. Um, he's been telling me that for months, but I have plans, and this is something you can do, like, if you ever have beef liver, I will put it in chili, I will put it in things, like, I'm making chili this weekend, and there will be, like, tiny pieces in there, and you can't taste it. Um, That's awesome. I just actually got a meat grinder for our KitchenAid for Christmas, so I actually think I might do that. We can, like, grind up the liver and just mix it in. Just a tiny bit, like, 5%, 10%, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really cool. Um, I actually just got a KitchenAid too. I didn't know there was, I feel like I'm learning about KitchenAid. There's like a million add-ons. Yeah. I use it to make sourdough. I, um, if I use a kneading recipe, which I don't typically mm-hmm. do, um, I did yesterday and I just used my dough hook and it was okay. like amazing cause I don't have 10 minutes to sit there and knead yeah. the dough with two kids. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll have to try it's that. awesome. Um, Jen brought me sourdough starter cause I killed mine. So I'm going to be working on that soon. And I just got the KitchenAid, so I'm going to have to try to use it with, um, the dough hook. Yes. Um, okay. So I guess a question for me, or well, question for you, what would be like your, with your health and fitness, like what are some things that like you really prioritize, like your non-negotiables, like what's something, just some things that like 
days get crazy, life gets busy, but some things you really try to focus on to make yourself like feel the best so you can be, take care of your kids the best that you can? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, so I think depending on what season of life I'm in, that answer will change. Mm -hmm. Right now, um, I'm seven months postpartum, so the thing I prioritize the most is sleep. Mm, Yeah. Because it's still so inconsistent for me. Um, And postpartum with Grayson, I would have been more likely to push through being tired, and I would have gone and done a workout. Whereas now, in being on this pro-metabolic journey, Mm -hmm. I know that my body's resources are not best spent on trying to build muscle or burn energy when I don't have enough energy as it mm-hmm. is. If I have a night where Macy's up several times, she wants to nurse, or Grayson wakes up and he's having a hard time sleeping. Um, obviously, Ben's there to help me, but he can't help with the breastfeeding situation. Mm-hmm. So with Macy, a lot of the sleepless nights like are on me. Um, so yeah, I prioritize sleep. So if that means taking a nap or not taking, like not taking time to work out, that's what I do. Um, I also have gotten to the point where I'm not going to do a workout that doesn't bring me joy. Mm. Um, I love lifting. It's one, it is one of, I feel like I'm lucky. It is something that I really enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. It is really good for your metabolism. Um, but you're not going to find me going out on a 10 mile run. Um, I like to run, but it's not something that I find, like, ample amounts of joy in. Mm-hmm. I like to do yoga. Um, I like to do Pilates and stuff. So I, I find that the best way for me to commit to my health is by doing exercises that actually bring me joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing that I feel like my answers, they're not going to be black and white ultimatum answers. Like some people are like, I will absolutely not skip a day of taking this, this supplement, or I will not skip a day of, um, doing like a cold plunge or something. Um, that's just not me. I'm not a like black and white person. Mm -hmm. I very much live in like the, the gray and going with the flow. Um, but another thing that is really important to me is, um, making sure that I find the time to just like have self-care and for me that's just like taking time to like decompress and not be overstimulated like having mm-hmm. children it can be very overstimulating mm-hmm. we all live very busy lives we all have like jam-packed schedules so finding the time to like just step aside five minutes out of the day mm-hmm. to like get a hot shower wash my face just do simple like skincare routine Mm -hmm. um that's something I prioritize because it helps me feel human Mm -hmm. like I can be running around chasing the kids all day but I'm gonna brush my teeth and I'm gonna wash my face I'm gonna have a shower Mm -hmm. if I can like just basic care um and I'm also not gonna be like overly um like committed to a health or diet Mm -hmm. um when I have a quote-unquote bad day of eating you know we're running around we stop we get fast food I'm not gonna let that derail me Mm -hmm. in the past I would have been like okay I would have felt so guilty having chicken nuggets from McDonald's and why yes that is definitely not the best diet choice um knowing that I can eat something later in the day that's gonna provide me with the nutrients I need is a way better way of looking at it than like beating myself up because it's just going to make me feel worse like it's not doing anything for my Mm -hmm. body it's not doing anything for my mental health so the best thing I can do is just every day and honestly hour to hour recommit to like what are my values with my health like what are the things that I know I should be eating or doing or like putting into my body not just like food wise but spiritually what things should I be giving myself to live the healthiest life that I can live like how do I reach that ideal self and like always pointing my arrow back to that Mm -hmm. um so those are like my rules that I live by when Mm -hmm. it comes to my health I love that and I think like the big thing is like when you have like actual like quote-unquote like you were saying like some people have like strict rules and non-negotiables like that just is stressful isn't it like that's stressful and I think like we're just trying to take each day, like, how can you nourish yourself? Even 
if it's by one meal, even if it's by one thing you did, like each day is going to be different. You're not going to be perfect. Like that's why we are kind of crunchy. We are promoting the idea that like life is busy. Life in general is short. Like we're just here to try to steward our bodies the best we can, but also like there's so many things like you know what? If McDonald's brings people joy, have McDonald's. If you need to have ice cream every night, whatever, what like, it's all about just like trying to make as many good choices as you can. But it's like, you know, we're not going to have like these strict, rigid rules yeah. because that's not sustainable. It's not sustainable for anyone, but especially for like a busy mom, especially with two, you're running around like, you, you it's hard to stick to like something so black and white and I think you what you said about sleep is so so good because I believe that sleep is one of the most underrated health tools and I used to be that girl that no matter what I was getting up to work out even if I went to bed super late like I just had to do it and the whole idea with pro metabolic being about like how we need energy for things like how do we expect all of our organs to function energy-wise like if we're wasting the very little energy we have on a workout? Like that is not putting our energy to good use. Um, so I love that like prioritizing good sleep is something you're focusing on because that's I think a lesson that we all need to take. And I think it also just goes comes down to like making the best educated decision. Like just mm-hmm. knowing, okay, yes, maybe this bowl of ice cream isn't the best thing for me nutritionally right now, but understanding, like, you can make the choice of, like, what the ramifications might be for you, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Like, there's no guilt associated with food. Like, it is, it's not going to, um, you know, change the value of who you are Mm -hmm. because you decide to have a bowl of ice cream but also, you know, like there are repercussions to having a bowl of ice cream every single night. Mm-hmm. So I think just like approaching your health and not just nutrition, but like fitness, sleep, everything, everything has a consequence. Mm-hmm. And the more you educate yourself, the more you understand the consequences of each choice. And some of the consequences are good and some not so much. Yeah. And I think it's like learning your body too. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. could be someone that like, especially say someone is like lactose intolerant going off the ice cream example, probably not your best choice. But I think it's like learning what like how your body responds to certain foods or like amounts of sleep or exercises and like adapting to your body because just because you follow this influencer that does this workout, eats this diet and you do that and you feel terrible, like, yeah, that's because you're not that person. So I think it's figuring out what like works best for you. And again, like what works best for you and like your season of life. Um, kind of a little change in topic, but we've been talking about this a little bit along the way. We've had so, so many listeners ask us about parenting and just what all the things parenting-wise. And Rachel and I, all we have are dogs right now, so we're not the ones to give the best advice. Um, but I guess starting, like, what has your experience been as a mom? Like, I know that's a very broad question, but... Yeah, I, I love this question because my answer today is so different than what it would have been last year and even the year before that. I'm now almost three years into being like a mom. Um, and I think it, my answer does have a lot to do with my health journey too, um, both like physically and mentally. My, I would say my like stepping through the portal into motherhood was um, like my my expectations and my goals for birth with Grayson were exactly like I met them. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have a natural unmedicated birth. Um, I did choose to have him in a hospital and I am glad I had him there because he did have to go into the NICU. Um, but I was in labor for 26 hours. Um, and my mom had all five of us unmedicated so I it was like I'm competitive (laughs) so I was like if she can do it I can do it Mm -hmm. all of her laborers were very short so like when I was in the thick of labor it wasn't even occurring to me that like time was passing Mm -hmm. but yeah so I had him unmedicated I had Macy unmedicated uh very different very different experiences um and I'll, I could talk a little bit more about mm-hmm. that. But, like, just being a mom has been very um, cha- 
challenging in the best ways. It has really pushed me to look inward at myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I really view children as like a mirror into who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they teach us a lot about ourselves, a lot about um, our own childhood, a lot about the things that we need to heal. And I had a lot of things within myself and I still have a lot of things that I am working on healing. Um, and Grayson was exactly what God needed to bring into my life. Mm-hmm. And at the time going through my first year, um, postpartum after having him, it was probably one of the hardest years of my life. Um, and not because of his, like it being his fault or anything. I just had really a tough time. Like hormonally things were off balance. Um, I didn't have a successful breastfeeding journey per my expectations. I breastfed him for a month. My goal was a year. I was very uneducated and that's why I pursue being educated about topics that I care about now is because I never want to be put in the position where I'm making a decision because I'm uneducated. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I feel very passionately about like supporting new moms and giving them the support system that they need um, because I felt like I lacked the voice that I needed to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I lost so much of the joy of the first year of like being a mom because I was stuck in so many like dark moments of like just struggling to like process, well, you know, like what a day-to-day success is when you're working full time versus like when you're staying home with your kids, it's like mm-hmm. very different. Like mm-hmm. you're just, your whole life changes for the better, like growing and raising a child is, is truly a blessing and a miracle and a gift, but it's also like some of the hardest stuff I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And it's taken me a long time to like accept this role and take ownership of it Mm -hmm. and to be happy with like knowing that some days my success is like feeding my kids and like we stay home all day Mm -hmm. and we make a mess and that's what a successful day Mm. looks like um and I feel like as I've stepped into motherhood more and more and now having a daughter and like having a deeper understanding of what it means to be a woman like knowing that I need to teach her like how to be like a woman and what that means Mm -hmm. um it just holds a like a heavier depth to it um and I just think that Having kids will show you what you need to heal in yourself mm. and it will, will also teach you to like find the little joys in life, the just appreciate things a lot more than what you might when you don't have kids. And I mean, like they, they rule your entire schedule. Mm-hmm. So like you have to become very selfless mm. and you have to put their needs above yours. And if you don't get a good night of sleep, like that's why it's so important to nourish yourself yeah. because you don't have a choice. You have to care for them mm-hmm. and they need you. And whether you're a working mom or a stay at home mom, um, a lot of your responsibilities are going to like be dependent on like your, your ability to meet your responsibilities are going to be dependent on like how you're caring for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that first year with Grayson, I didn't care for myself in the way I'm caring for myself postpartum with Macy. And that's being nourished, getting sleep, prior, prioritizing, finding little joys and little wins for mm-hmm. myself, um, asking for help. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask for help and I suffered and that was my own fault. I should have asked for help and it really does take a village and I never understood that. And when people would say that to me, I would just like kind of be annoyed oh yeah, it takes a village, but where is my village? Well, your village isn't going to show up if you don't ask them mm, for help. That's so good. Um, and I feel like a lot of us try to like push through because we think asking for help is like a sign of weakness and it's not. And so, yeah, I just think motherhood teaches us a lot about ourselves that we wouldn't otherwise learn um, if we if we weren't given that mirror to look inward. Um, that's so good. So kind of going off of, you were saying birth looked a little bit different for Macy kind of maybe talk about that but also just like and you were going into it at the end there but like what your how 
the second child differed from the first? Because I feel like a lot of times people say like, oh, the things I worried about with the first, the second one, I don't even think about. So like, what? how, how has that been different? Also just like, how is the responsibility? I, someone once told me that like, when you have two kids, it's not like the responsibility that, like doubles it like exponentially. Like it just, it's, there's so much more. So I guess kind of talk about that transition. Yeah. So with Grayson, he was just a really structured baby. Like he required a lot of structure to thrive. Mm -hmm. Um, he was just a really sensitive baby. So, um, he thrived off of a very strict schedule. So like when it was nap time, it was nap time. Mm -hmm. There was no like pushing it. I, um, he needed like a lot of support and like, yeah. So we just rocked him to sleep. We had a sound machine. The room was dark. He must have slept in his crib or else. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the first three months, he pretty much slept. Like, we contact napped a lot. But once he started getting in, like, more aware of the world, he really needed structure. Um, and we, yeah, we handled things just vastly different with him than we do with Macy. Um, and I think also as we've grown in, in our parenting and, and I've grown in motherhood, uh, my view on things have changed. So Grayson, because we struggle with breastfeeding, he was formula fed. Um, which was something I swore I wouldn't do. Uh, we sleep trained, which was something I swore I wouldn't do. And it's something that I don't fully agree with now, but looking back, it was the answer that I needed at the time. Um, and so we sleep trained him at 10 months. Um, and yeah, he just was like a really structured baby. He's like a full on, like busy kid. He has been since the moment he was born. Mm -hmm. So he's just like, go, go, go. And there was no chill, like (laughs) no chill. Um, with Macy, even through my pregnancy, I just like approached things very differently. I was very go with the flow. I did not worry about the things I worried about with Grayson. Um, obviously like there's just the general worries that you have, like with carrying a baby, but I didn't obsess over like what things we were going to have when she was born or like, um, yeah, I just, like, I also didn't, like, hang on to every word that our providers said. Mm-hmm. Like, I really wanted to do a home birth, but then, um, because Grayson was in the NICU for 48 hours after delivery, um, he just felt more comfortable, and being my support person in labor, I didn't want him to feel uncomfortable, so I said, um, we'll do a hospital birth, and if we decide and are blessed with a third, then I'm doing a home mm-hmm. birth. Um, but with Macy, I did another unmedicated birth. Um, my labor was like four hours. Wow. (laughs) We got to the hospital and she was born within an hour. It was like full on. Yeah. It was the most wild thing with Grayson. I felt like my birth experience was very spiritual and slow and like really like it was very entrancing. Like I went to a place mentally that I've never been. Wow. And it was very beautiful. With Macy, it was primal. <laughs> it was full-on primal. I remember, like, yeah, there, it was just, like, full-on. I was very vocal with her. I was not like that with Grayson. Um, I was just, it was, it happened so fast. My body was just trying to keep up. And, like, the only way to work through that was to, like, just move and be very vocal. Um, but with her postpartum experience and just who she is she's very go with the flow she's just a different baby she's not um Grayson was very like colicky she's not we've had a pretty easy breastfeeding journey which I feel like has a lot to do with me just educating myself and knowing how to troubleshoot things and knowing what things are like a red flag and what aren't but also I just think it's her as a baby Mm -hmm. she's just entirely different than Grayson we didn't really have latching issues we've been like good pretty much since, like, she was born. Um, so, yeah, like, I think it definitely... Oh, wait, we'll, we'll pause for a second. You, this is so good so far. He's... Bentley, I do think someone is dropping something off, so that might be it right now. Um, my one friend told me she was dropping something off at some point today, and this might be her. Oh, no, that's she's the neighbor's. Yeah, every time the neighbors go in, I think we should be good. Bentley, 
He also usually just like sits on the couch the whole time. He just wants to be a part He's of this. Like, Listen, I'm trying to protect you guys. Are we done? I think we're good. Okay, you can continue. Rachel, just cut that out. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, so I've just been way more go with the flow. I let her kind of decide when she's ready to do things. Uh, we've co-slept way more than I did with Grayson, which was something I was super, super anxious about with him. Um, I've just like really leaned into trusting my mother intuition mm -hmm. and knowing that I know my child the best and whatever decisions that I make for them is going to be better than the decisions that somebody else would make. And I feel like that's when you really step into true like matriessence is like when you embody like who you are as a mother and you know that the role that you play and like who you are like you were created as the perfect mother for them like God chose you for a reason mm -hmm. and embodying that and being confident in your decisions just really changes your whole perspective on mm -hmm. every decision that you make when you become a mom and I feel like it's hard to be that mom as a new mom. Mm -hmm. All of us go through uh, like a metamorphosis, metamorphosis in motherhood. And even in the season I am in now, I'm sure in five years, I'll look back and be like, wow, I would have handled this differently. Mm -hmm. But it's because you grow. Like everything in life teaches you something and hindsight's twenty twenty. But yeah, I just feel like the that's like the also the advice I would give a new mom is trust yourself mm -hmm. like don't rely on the books and the outside advice like not every baby is cookie cutter and like things aren't always going to go perfectly they're not robots they are little humans and like you got to learn that whatever your gut is telling you your heart is telling you is probably right that was so good. I feel like that just answered a lot of questions that I had. Um, it's so interesting. I'm just thinking about it. It's like sometimes I struggle to like make a decision like for myself. And then it's like to think about making that decision for like your child, that you're the one who has to make that decision. And then if you Google or you look up in a mom's group or on social media, there's like 20 different ways you can go about it. And yeah. it's like, what's the right way? And every baby's different. And I think just like you said, trusting your gut, trusting that like maternal instinct, um, that's really cool. If there's, I guess, thinking about like now in motherhood, you've mentioned a lot of these things, but like if there are some things like you, you wish you would have known before coming, wish you would have known before becoming a mom or like things you're like, wow, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, so my number one advice, which I mentioned is just trust yourself, trust your intuition. Um, that's like the biggest piece of advice I give to anyone is um, nobody likes unsolicited advice, mm -hmm. so the best advice is to follow what you feel is best mm -hmm. for your family. Um, but also, I think another thing is just really understanding. A lot of people told me the first year is the hardest, and I do feel like that is very, very true. It's your child goes through so many developmental leaps. You're learning so much. They're changing constantly. Your sleep schedules are so mess, like so irregular. I mean. Some people are blessed with children who sleep through the night at two months. I'm not one of those people, <laughs> um, and that's okay. But I've kind of surrendered and like given up these unrealistic expectations. So I think in like the modern day, there's a lot of like education and a lot of knowledge and information, and I think that causes people to have unrealistic expectations for a lot of things because we think that things should go. 100% like perfectly based off of like x y and z because mm -hmm. this experiment or this study said this mm -hmm. like this is the outcome and that's just not how kids are that's not how life is that's not how motherhood is that's not how parenting is um so a lot of my experience has been surrendering my expectations mm. and being a little bit more flexible um I'm I'm a type a person so that's mm -hmm. really hard for me mm -hmm. um when it comes to like schedules and routines, but I've learned and I've definitely adapted. And I feel like every step of the way, I start to let go a little bit of my old self and my old tendencies and accept. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Belly, <sighs> stop, please. It's okay. It's okay. 
Did your dog go crazy too? Oh yeah. Okay, that's what every, that's what I thought. Knows every single delivery truck, he just knows the sound of it. Yeah. And they think that like, oh, it's the other neighbor. Okay. Well, my delivery show doesn't come yet, so there could be a third one. But sorry, okay. sorry, Rachel, you have lots of fun editing. <laughs> usually it's like, oh, we usually don't have to edit anything. It's just like one click. But, buddy, are we good? Can we go? Go back to the couch. Okay, I think you're good. Um, trying to think. Yeah, I was just talking about surrendering expectations. Um, yeah, and just knowing that like every struggle you go through is just a phase. Mm. I remember getting hung up every time Grayson did something, and like I felt like it was never gonna end. Mm-hmm. Like whatever struggle I was facing, but mm-hmm. everything is everything's a season. It's a fleeting moment and looking back it's like I don't even remember half the things I stressed yeah. over so with Macy like one of the biggest things again is sleep like I don't I don't force her to do anything she's not ready to do so if she needs to sleep with me and that's what helps us all get rest like that's what I'm gonna do mm-hmm. and if that doesn't work for some people that's fine but that's what works for my family yeah so I just feel like yeah not pushing yourself to like make some unex like unrealistic like goal mm-hmm. to meet some unrealistic goal because it's something you read in a book. Yeah. Like, again, fluidity in parenthood. Yes. That's what you need. I love that. That's so good. I feel like there's so many social media I feel like is the problem with this you can learn a lot on social media which I feel like I've learned so many things from it good things but there's also just like I'm sure you see like you see these moms that do these things and it's like I don't know how that's even humanly possible and it's like again those are unrealistic expectations that like are not for your family they might be for their family but not for your family um kind of one last like big question because I know a lot of our listeners are moms but also are like working moms too um how would you say you balance having a career with motherhood? I feel like it's probably challenging with one kid, and I'm sure even more with two, but how have you been able to find, like, a balance between that? I think it comes down to, like, what are your values for your family? Like, what is what is the most important thing for you in this season? And I know a lot of people, um, unfortunately, don't have the ability to, like, I know a lot of moms who want to stay home, but financially they have to work because the little bit of money that's left over after they pay for daycare pays for bills that are very important. Um, So I know there are some working moms who want to be stay-at-home moms. Um, I know there's stay-at-home moms who want to be working moms, but childcare is very expensive. Um, But ultimately, I think when you're going into your childbearing years, there are a lot of choices that you can make to set yourself up for success. And it comes down to deciding with your partner, your spouse, like what is your values as a family? Like, is it most important for you to stay home and be the one with your child? Or is it really important for you to have a career and show your children that a woman can be working too? Like, what is your value like based around is it did you grow up and you had your mom at home and that's really really important to you or did you grow up in a 50 50 household where dad and mom both worked and they both contributed the same and they did the same task and they both worked um for me and ben it's kind of a blend of both i i work but it's not a traditional work um, I did when Grayson was born. I worked the nine to five. I never wanted to do the nine to five mm-hmm. the rest of my life. And becoming a mom was kind of like my quick scapegoat <laughs> out. And help and childcare is really expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were blessed with parents that help us a lot. But I also decided that I wanted to be home with our kids. Mm-hmm. And in this season, I was willing to give up career goals to be a part of like being at home with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I work in the wedding industry, so, like, the summertime is usually the craziest, so, like, May until October, um, but it's not, like, it's still not your 9 to 5, like, it's a lot of weekend hours, and then editing, I can do at home, usually Mm -hmm. my mom comes over, or we, like, my best friend nannied for us during the summer, but I'm still at home with the kids, Mm -hmm. I can come upstairs and check on them, Macy stayed with me, 
pretty much all summer because she was a newborn. So mm-hmm. I would just like keep her with me when I was editing. Um, but it also like, I think comes down to like, who do you want to be as a mom? Do you want to be the stay at home mom? Or do you enjoy that part of yourself that's outside of the home? Mm-hmm. And there's not a wrong answer to either. Mm-hmm. And this is actually, it's really funny that I'm sitting here giving advice about this because this is something that I struggled with for the first year that I was in therapy is like knowing that my worth does not come from having a career. Mm. Um, my worth does not come from um, whether I'm a stay-at-home mom or I'm a working mom. My worth comes from um, God. It comes from what I see in myself as valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, my worth does not come from outside titles. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sometimes a really big struggle for for new moms who come from being like a full-on working mom and then they transition to being stay-at-home. And then I also think it's really hard for, you know, working moms to like feel like guilty that they're mm-hmm. giving up that part of yeah. motherhood. Um, I grew up kind of in a mix of both. My mom was with us. We grew up on a farm up until I was in third grade. So she worked, but we were always with them. And then when we moved off of the farm, she worked a full-time job. And we were old enough that the older ones of us watched the younger ones. So I kind of saw both growing up. Um, And I think also I know with young kids, um, I want to be a part of that. Like those are really fundamental developmental years and those years set up a lot of just like psychological um important things that are going to affect them long term so Mm -hmm. I wanted to be the main role in developing that so that's why I chose to stay home and um I think caught you at the end of a sentence. Yeah. Oh, Bentley. Bentley, stop. You're so cute. But stop. <laughs> Bentley, get down. Bentley, down. Bentley, come here. Come back. Come hang with the girls. Come lay with us. You were so good laying there. Oh, now we have one of your 20 toys. Okay, here. Okay, you can continue. Oh, oh that was so cute, buddy. You're, You're so, so cute. You were so cute. Now let's be calm and cute. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all I really had to say about that. It's just like you have to take a look at what it, what are your family values, what is most important for you now, and what's most important long term. Ben and I, we said when we look back, in 20 years we want to know that we were as much a part of our kids lives as possible and if we had to give up financial gain to be at Mm. home with our kids that's what was most important to us Mm. um and that's not always easy and we often need to remind ourselves in seasons of like worry that there is a purpose to everything that we go through and there's a reason that we chose this path for our family that's awesome that's so good um yeah I feel like it's you hear both ways like working moms stay-at-home moms like hybrid and there's just so many pros and cons to each but like you said it perfectly you just need to decide what's important for you and your family what do you value the most and then again going off that instinct like what do you feel is the right decision um so those are like all the questions that I had is there anything else you want to say about health wellness motherhood anything if you don't have anything else that's fine but yeah one thing I did want to say that I kind of forgot to mention earlier was when I stumbled onto the pro-metabolic like health area um I think that it brought a piece that was missing in all of my past like I don't know journeys or outlooks on health and it brought in that spiritual aspect I really feel like I've started to understand that what I eat and the way I nourish myself and what I tell myself and just like my relationship with everyone around me, my relationship with my food, my relationship with God, everything is intertwined Mm -hmm. and eating well, not only does it serve me, but it serves, it serves God 
like to be able to like function at my best, mm. to be able to be the best mom I can to my children, to really steward like the type of life that I want to like encourage other moms to live. And I feel like when you search for something and you pray for something, it shows up at like the most important times. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really thankful that I've been on this journey. And even though things have changed over the years on my outlook on things, um, it's brought me to the point that I'm at now. And it's just totally changed like the trajectory of how I plan to like nourish my family. Mm -hmm. And that is so important to me. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all about your journey, motherhood. Um, I know our listeners are learning a lot from this. I know I've learned a lot just sitting here. Um, So just again, thank you for taking the time. We loved having you on. Um, And again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being here for another week. Um, We hope you have an amazing day and we'll talk to you soon. Bye guys. Remember, although we talk all things health and wellness here, this is not medical advice and you should always seek out your medical professional for further questions. Thanks again for listening. Please remember to share, comment, and subscribe to help support our podcast.